The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have quite a bit of bathroom humor. Lots of stories about uh, bodily functions on the airplane, a miraculous healing, a story about mood blankets, beauty pageants, a creative use for coffee on the airplane and a love story. Let's get on with the show. Did you ever notice how sometimes you talk about something and then it happens and you think, wow, did we just like conjure that situation? <laughs> this is really silly. But we were just talking about, I was talking, we were talking about people in the bathroom and different cultures and I was talking about how the people who are used to having those squat toilets where you just have two porcelain feet in a hole and you squat, squat. so sometimes they get on airplanes and actually get up on the toilet and squat uh, and leave footprints on the toilet or they forget to lock the door and somebody walks in and they're squatting on the toilet. So we were having this whole toilet squat conversation and one of the guys said, um, oh, you know, I fly... Uh, to Nigeria a lot. And those people say, they come into the galley and say, I have to ease myself. And I said, I've never heard that before. He goes, oh yeah, that's what they say. And he said, when I first started flying that, I wasn't even sure what they were talking about. I didn't even, I didn't even understand that I have to ease myself would mean I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but it wasn't like five minutes later. I mean, what are the chances that this guy comes back and goes, I have to ease myself. And we just... <laughs> We all just like bent over laughing. He was probably thinking, why is this funny? But we had just been talking about this. I was saying I'd never heard of it. And here comes somebody saying they have to ease themselves. And then, you know, he, he go, we pointed to where the bathroom was. He goes in there. But then we were thinking, shoot, we should have been talking about winning a million dollars. Or so if we were going to conjure something, we should have conjured something better than a Nigerian telling us he had to ease himself. 10, 11 I was flying with this male flight attendant. He said he was... um. He had been on call and the night before he had only gotten like two hours sleep and then he was on call and they called him at, we have a flight that leaves from LA to Guatemala at like 
midnight and they called him at, you know, probably 10 o'clock at night. He was about to go to sleep. He hadn't had much sleep the night before. And now he's up basically a second night in a row. So on that flight, you get a little crew rest and a passenger seat. And, you know, he was just exhausted. I was probably like eight o'clock in the morning before he was finally able to get, you know, an hour's sleep in a passenger seat. So he was just out. So when they went to wake him, they kept trying to wake up and trying to wake him and they thought he was dead. I mean, they could not wake him up. So <laughs> they had gotten the defibrillator, the oxygen, all the medical equipment ready for him. Because, you know, flight attendants are people too. You, you, you can have a medical emergency or a heart attack or something. You know, it's not like we're immune to it. So they had all the equipment ready and <laughs> The other male flight on the trip with our first aid training, the very first thing we do when we find someone unconscious is we hit him and we go, are you okay? Are you okay? So he wakes up to this flight attendant over top of him, hitting the shoulder going, are you okay? Are you okay? Okay, so we have quite a few um, flight attendant marriages. It seems to work pretty well. Can you tell me a little bit of uh, about your story? <laughs> uh, sure. My story is I met uh, my wife in New York. We were uh, New York based at the time and it works fine. We just alternate uh, flying. So I go on the weekends and then she go on Tuesday usually. So it's a perfect way to make uh, a relationship work. So we only see each other about uh, <laughs> once a week or something, which is perfect for me. But don't tell her that. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about did you, were you married before? Was she married before? She was actually married before, yes, to another French guy. So <laughs> I'm the second owner of that bee. Uh, you know, it's that secondhand smell I can't get away from. And also, the what? <laughs> the secondhand smell. You know, I really don't mind. Actually, I'd rather. I like my, um, I like my bitch broken into, if you see what I'm saying. <laughs> No, I don't think she would like to hear that. No, but anyway, um, you know, we worked the trolley or we worked the <laughs> beverage cart, if you will. And she was opening a can of Diet Coke and I was opening a can of ginger ale or so. And I looked at her and I was like, she's going to carry my child. I know it. <laughs> that's when you go, oh, there you that go. Is, that's sweet. A uh, male flight attendant was telling me the story about the other flight attendant having to go, are you okay? Are you okay? And uh, he mentioned that flight attendant's name. And I was like, oh, I love him. He's just like the most calming guy. Uh, I, I was working a trip with him when we had another medical incident. I had forgotten all about this story. Uh, this woman came back to the back alley and she said she was not feeling well and she wanted us to page for a doctor. Well, we asked her a few more questions, you know, like, is it your stomach? Do you have a headache? You know, she looked fine. And, you know, we're not going to just page for a doctor. You know, she couldn't give us any symptoms. So, like, we're not going to page for a doctor when we don't, we don't, you know, she can't even tell us what's wrong. So this nice male, calm <laughs> sweet flight attendant goes, I'll take care of you. And I'm watching him thinking, what is he going to do? So he walks her back to her seat and, and they're not that far from the back alley. So I can see what he's doing. And I'm thinking, all right, what's he doing for this lady? So he gets her, he goes, here, here, sit down. So she sits down. He goes, here, let's recline your seat. And he reclines her seat and he goes, let's open your air vent. So basically he hasn't done anything. All he's done is put his her seat back and open the air vent. And she goes, oh, I feel much better. <laughs> Gosh. I wish, oh, I wish we could, we could cure all 
the passenger ailments by reclining their seat and opening their air vent. This next story came from a listener named Rob in Sydney, and he sent me a few stories from the Sydney Morning Herald. And I, if I, if he had just, someone had told me this story, I would have thought it was a joke. But here it was in the real paper, the Sydney Morning Herald. It said, British Airways is testing a blanket that sees how stressed out you are for the passengers. And it, this is the, the actual text from the story. It says, if flying wasn't stressful enough, British Airways is pioneering a new technology to let everyone know just how stressed out you are. British Airways has developed a quote unquote happiness blanket. Boy, that could have a lot of connotations, couldn't it? <laughs> Which will analyze the meditative state of flyers and change colors according to the passenger's mental state. It's a freaking mood blanket. I didn't know we had mood blankets. It said upon boarding, flyers will be required to affix a headband to their head. The headband will then send braid waves via Bluetooth to the high-tech blanket, which is embedded with optic, fiber optic LEDs that change color to reflect the passenger's mood. This is crazy if you ask me. I hope we don't get these. When the wearer is calm and relaxed, the blanket will glow blue. When they are stressed or anxious, it will glow red. Well, at least you'd know what you were getting into. And said the airline will analyze data from the blankets to evaluate their in-flight services, including the timing of meals and movie options. This will also allow flight attendants to better improve their service, letting them know the best time to approach a potentially grumpy passenger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is in the paper. Mood blankets. It's crazy. I am actually going to interview a very special flight attendant because I have heard some fantastical things about your past. <laughs> okay, so I just want to know if they're true because things get exaggerated, you know. Okay, I heard that you were in a beauty pageant with Farrah Fawcett. No, she was the year before. Oh. And she came in second place and I came in first. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> she was... First runner-up for the Houston Astros, and I was winner for the St. Louis Cardinals. So, in general, you you beat her at a beauty contest. A few states removed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But she was a lovely person, everybody said. Okay, now this is my real question I want to know, because if this is true, I'm going to be, I don't know, shocked. Okay, I heard, I'm not using any names here, that you dated a very wealthy, famous man... I heard that he said, he gave you a credit card and said, go buy yourself something nice, and you went and bought a car. No, that's, that's what, not the case. <laughs> I um, had a Mercedes and the air conditioner broke. Oh, okay. And I went to Dyer and Dyer Volvo because I'd had a Volvo before and it was low maintenance. So I told them that I wanted a Volvo. And, I, I, and so I was going to put it on my American Express card. And he says, you can't do that. And I said, well, I called you ahead of time. You said you took American Express. He said, for repairs, we do. And I said, well, I'm fixing the Mercedes air conditioner. I'm getting rid of it. 
And so wait, you did? Yeah, I did. She did. But it was my credit card. Oh, it was your credit card. Yes. And then I told him that actually my bill closing date is tomorrow. Can you process the sale tomorrow so I'll have an extra month to worry about paying for it? <laughs> and he said, oh, why? He says, but you know, we forgot to add the sales tax to it. And I said, oh, that might be too much. So maybe... You know, I didn't argue about the price, so maybe you could just pay the sales tax. Did they go for that? He said, sure, why not? He says, I'm going to be telling everybody about this sale anyway. (laughs) I got an email from one of my very favorite flight attendants in L.A. She's just so cute. Cute as a button. Little teeny tiny petite girl, but she's so full of energy. She's always in a good mood. She's one of my very favorite people to fly with. And she sent me an email with a few stories of things that had happened to her this summer. She said they were on a flight and the guy at 1B was drinking a lot and he was getting, you know, intoxicated and and troublesome. And he was flying with somebody else. So the other guy said, you know, I'll take care of him. It's okay. I I, I got this. And it, it turns out they you know, talk to the other guy a little bit. He had been drinking in the airport bar because he was on his way to rehab. (laughs) I guess it was his last hurrah. But this next story that she sent me was one that really caught my interest. Um, She was on a flight, I think it was a 757, and a celebrity got on board. It's um, somebody who has a TV show on the air right now, and it's rather popular, so she noticed him right away. I always notice celebrities. And uh, he was real nice and everything, And but she did notice that he kept going to the bathroom a lot in first class. So when he came out of the bathroom, he said, uh, I'm going to ask you the weirdest question you've ever been asked. <laughs> and you know, that's saying a lot as a flight attendant. <laughs> and she goes, uh, lay it on me. I can just see her. She's so cute just saying, you know, just lay it on me. He goes up. Do you have an extra coffee pillow pack? And you know, she's just looking at him thinking, hmm. And he goes, I have gas and I don't want to offend my seatmate. And so, and she said, what are, what are you going to do? Put it put it in your underwear? And he's like, no, I'm afraid that might stain, which, you know, he's probably right. He goes, I'm just going to sit on it. <laughs> so she got it in the pillow pack and he sat on it. I, I would have been a little afraid that it might burst. But uh, then that got me thinking, I have never had a passenger, let alone a celebrity, asked me for coffee to sit on. And then I started thinking, you know, do you guys remember Happy Days, a sitcom from a long time ago? You know, it was supposed to be set in the 50s. It was a very family-friendly sitcom. And that was a saying. Sit on it. Sit on it, Potsy. Sit on it, Richie. It was kind of like a politically correct way of uh, swearing at somebody, you know, like sort of in the South when they sort of saying, God damn, they say gum." Well, on happy days, they would say, sit on it. And I was thinking to myself, here was a celebrity sitting on it, his coffee pack, to hide his gas. They started it on happy days and it became a trend. You can say it to your brother. Sit on it, Richie. Or to your brother's friend. Sit on it now. And then 
I was flying and there was a guy sitting in business class and he does all the purchasing for the galley equipment. And uh, he came up and was chatting and it was very illuminating for me. I had no idea how much things cost. And you know, when people talk about the cost of an airline ticket, I don't ever really think about how much the galley costs because, you know, it's just there. And plus, None of it looks very exciting. And he said that one, just one of our ovens cost $9,000. And, you know, we've got a lot of ovens. <laughs> and those ovens are not very exciting. And I was like, why in the world would they cost $9,000? And he was explaining that anything that has a heating element has to be tested and tested to make sure there's, you know, it doesn't catch on fire, that there can't be any sparks. And that makes sense. You know, it's a safety-related issue. But, man, that's a... Very non-fancy $9,000 oven. Then he said the coffee makers, they cost $2,200. Our stupid coffee makers that make horrible coffee. (laughs) And uh, by the way, the reason why our coffee is horrible isn't because of the coffee, it's the water. You know, the water in the tanks and the airplane just isn't very good. So regardless of the kind of coffee you have, just the coffee doesn't taste that good. Even if it's out of a $2,200, very unimpressive coffee maker. Boy, times sure are changing. You know, kids used to love it when we gave them the little airline wings. You know, the kitty wings kind of look like our wings. Used to really make the kids day. And now I notice it's the parents get more excited about it than the kids. I was, I asked this little girl the other day, I'm like, uh, would you like some wings? I'm holding a little plastic wing in my hand and she goes, hot wings? Okay, so this was just yesterday. We had a uh, rather special lady. Uh, she was not very special. She was just a drunk like we get a lot on the airplane. Uh, she just started pounding wine, red wine. And I think she was from Eastern Europe because she she was saying Merlot. So, Merlot. So she would come back in the galley and I said, can I have some Merlot? Merlot. And um, one of the glass, she spilled all over her safe, all over, all over herself, all over her chest. So she was reeking of Merlot, really. <laughs> and uh, so we gave her some water, uh, you know. To you go- were going to cut her off, right? Yeah. Ultimately, she was like, I don't want water. I want Merlot. And uh, so we did cut her off. We said, you know, I think you had enough and it's time for you to try to go to sleep or something. And she had this look on her face like the bitch was about to come out and the hell was about to broke loose. Um, so I said, fine, I'll give you this last one. But after that, you know, yeah, you want to start thinking of going to sleep. No more Merlot for you. That's right. But she did look like she was about to like lose it and have like steam coming out of her ears. Yeah, she. there was a, a split second where I feared for my life here for a little bit because she was a mean looking woman. Merlot. Yeah, right. That's right. I tell a lot of stories about the 727, and on the 727, right behind first class, there was a coat closet, but it had one of those, like, sliding doors that only went down about halfway. So you had to lift a suitcase into the bottom of that closet. And this flight attendant said she was lifting her suitcase out. Okay, so she's lifting her suitcase out, and right when she did it, she she farted. (laughs) 
<laughs> Luckily, she looked around. Nobody was around. So she was thinking, oh, thank goodness. Uh, so she went home and told her husband. She's like, yeah, I was I was lifting my suitcase out of the closet and I farted. And he goes, one more try and it'll start right up. <laughs> you know, like a lawnmower. <laughs> so that story started a whole fart conversation. And she, this girl was saying that uh, we have really, really steep escalators at a lot of airports because you're basically going up more than one flight of stairs. And she said, well, the flight attendants went, you know, because you can't, you're going up the escalator. There's no escape. So she'd be further up the escalator and say, I left a present for you. <laughs> so then I was thinking of my own fart stories. And I was flying with these two blonde flight attendants who who bid together. You know, a lot of times you'll you'll find pairs of flight attendants who work together a lot. Uh, They bid their schedules together so they can fly with a friend. And these two girls would each call each other Missy, Missy, Missy. They were were real girly girls, really blonde, girly girls. And the one had a really high voice. And sometimes those people like that with the really high voice just do things you would never expect because they seem so sweet with that high voice. So she said, oh, yes, there was a man in, in first class. And I just, he was just bothering me. So when I went back, when I bent down to take his meal tray... I farted. It's amazing how quickly conversations can devolve. You know, because we started telling fart stories, and then I, I started telling this story, and both of us ended up. Um, laughing so hard, our eyes were tearing. And so I kind of thought, well, maybe I should tell this story on the podcast. But it also brings up a question that that I've had recently. When I did that BBC documentary about the first 10 years of podcasting, we discussed, you know, what is too personal? And I think it's a very good question. And I don't really have the answer for it. Uh, Another interview I did about two months ago, they asked me, um, well, why don't you tell us something your listeners don't know about you? And I just paused. I was thinking, oh, you know, you hate not to have an answer, but I didn't have an answer because in general, I talk about most things. <laughs> and, you know, there's just always the question is, when is when is it too much information? You know, TMI. Well, this one just might be, but the other girl thought it was funny. So I'm going to I'm going to be very personal and tell this personal story. So I this was many years ago. I had a guy friend in LA and he wanted to take me to a yoga class and I had never been to a yoga class. Uh, I'm pretty flexible in general. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, he was really enjoying his class. So I, I finally said, sure, okay, I'll come with you. And we went to this class and it was kind of crowded. We got there a little bit late. So we, we were, our, mat, our mats weren't right next to each other. He was on one side of the room. I was on the other. And, uh, the class went really well. I was enjoying it. And towards the end of the class, um, it came time for headstands. Now, I was kind of like, you know, after after you're a child, there's certain things you never try again, like splits, handstands, headstands. Just, just don't run across, you know, a need to do a headstand. But here, here was time to do a headstand. I wasn't totally sure if I could do it, but I thought, you know, I'm game. I'll try. And, uh, on the way up into my headstand, I, I wasn't having much trouble, which was good, but I felt some air go into uh, a private female area. And as we were telling this story, because we had been talking about farts, it started off with me saying, um, well, there are some noises that I think are more embarrassing than farts. 
<laughs> but normally, you know, you don't ever make those noises in public. But here I was doing a headstand in a crowded yoga class, and I felt air go into female private parts. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I was guessing, it was just an educated guess, that since the air went in when I went up, that I was afraid the air would come out when I went down. And sure enough, I came down from that headstand and it was a loud noise. I was mortified. I didn't go back to yoga for a year. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> That's it for that. And it was funny because the guy I had gone to class with was like, did you hear that noise? And here I was just being, you know, I wasn't going to say it was me. I was like, oh, yes, that was terrible. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, well, that's it for me. No yoga. I never need to do that embarrassing thing again. <laughs> well, a few years later, I kept hearing people saying how much they loved yoga. And I, I thought, well, I enjoyed the class, all except for that horrifying headstand uh, incident. So I went back to yoga. And whenever it was time to do headstands, I just wouldn't do them. I would tell the teacher I was afraid of doing them. And it was true. <laughs> I was afraid. I wasn't actually afraid of the headstand. I was afraid of coming down from the headstand. So I want to thank you guys for going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you are going to buy something on Amazon. For some reason, I had a very nice, exciting Amazon month. <laughs> People bought things like a Fitbit. I don't have one of those yet. I might have to get one of those. They're popular, especially the ones that, you know, can tell you how well you're sleeping and stuff. Uh, and somebody bought a chainsaw, an aircraft tool supply cable, which I thought was sort of apropos. And somebody bought four 3G cell phone signal boosters. Ah, I love that guy. <laughs> anyway, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, if you'd be so kind as to go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, and click through. It doesn't cost you anything. It supports the show. And uh, it makes it makes me happy. <laughs> Basically, it's just uh, sharing the love, and it doesn't cost you any more. So thank you very much. I've been doing some Amsterdam trips lately, and at the hotel we stay in, it's not really in the city, but they have a uh, shuttle that will take us in, and I, I'm always talking to people. So I was talking to the van driver coming back from Amsterdam in the city, and it was just he and I in the van. So we were chatting, and he... Um, I asked him where he was from because of his accent. He said Algeria. So we started talking about that a little bit. So I asked him if he spoke Arabic and he did. And he said he spoke French. And I said, oh, well, you know, you know, with those languages, you know, you could be a flight attendant. And he goes, oh, I would never want that job. The people. And I just assumed coming from my point of view that he was going to say something about the passengers. Oh, you know, I couldn't handle the passengers. But when he, when he said the people, he goes, the, the flight crews, man, they are always tired. They're tired when I take them into town. They're tired when I bring them back. They're tired when they go to work in the morning. <laughs> he goes, you people are always tired. And you know what? He's exactly right. Because, you know, you're losing so much sleep, you know, flying all night and, and the time zone changes. But I just never expected the van driver to say he would never want to do that because you people are always tired. It's Salt Lake City, 727, flying from Salt Lake to Omaha. We taxi out. We're doing the safety demonstration manually, of course, that old airplane. We're like halfway out, taxiing out in the middle of our demo, and 
Ding, ding, ding. Call bell's going off everywhere. Something's going on, right? So we stop everything. I run to the back and I see and this guy's on the very last row in the middle seat, packed flight, completely full. And he's stripped down naked and he started masturbating. <laughs> Kid you not. Yep. So that was his demo. That was his demo. <laughs> so we covered him up with a blanket, went back to the gate. He was an American Indian. Um, drunk off his butt. Back then, they really didn't screen them and let them on board. I mean, they let them on board. So he came on. So he was putting on his own show. Putting on his own show. What did you do then? Do you go back to the gate? Go back to the gate. They arrest him. They take him away. And passing through, doing the same trip, three days later, he's back on my flight. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, we let him go, and he was fine. Oh, you let him go because he wasn't drunk. Right. <laughs> but did you tell it, say anything to him like uh, uh no we just let it go I was just flying with one of our most beautiful flight attendants I mean she is just absolutely stunning and I didn't think to really ask her uh, about her story but after I flew with her I kept thinking about her story because she has a, a really lovely love story she went to the store and this man said hello, she said hello, and that was that, and that's how that would usually end. But this particular man got in his car, was leaving, and thought, wow, that woman was beautiful. And if I drive away right now, I will never see her again. So he turned around, parked his car, went back in the store, really threw caution to the wind, talk about seizing the day, because, you know, she could have said anything or she could have had a boyfriend or she could have been like, what are you doing? Why? But basically he came back in and said, I, I turned around, parked my car and came back in the store because I was afraid if I drove away, I would never get to see you again. And then he asked her out and they just got married. And I was just thinking about how, how often it goes the other way. How often, say you see somebody uh, you find attractive, how often do you park your car, go back in and approach them? Basically, almost never. But because he, basically, I was thinking, you know, we could really learn from her story. All she really did was smile at somebody, but she was also open to him when he came back in. But what you really learn from is his story and the courage it took to do something crazy like that. But he really had nothing to lose. Even if she had rejected him, you know, he'll probably never see her again. And now... He is married to this stunningly beautiful woman because he had the courage to park his car and go back in that store. Uh, if I fly with her again, I'll ask her some more questions. But I just thought it was a very um, illuminating story. This comes from a listener named Josh. And boy, thank you so much for these nice listeners sending me stories because it's the middle of the summer and the summer is so busy in the airline industry. The flights are full. The passengers are stressed out. The flight attendants are stressed out. There's not a lot of downtime. So it's just not the best time for me to be like, um, hey, so you have a funny story. It just, uh, the summer is slightly more difficult. So thank you, listeners, for sending me some stories <laughs> to fill in the gap. <laughs> 
Okay, this comes from Joss, and he said, We were flying back from Lagos to Amsterdam on an all-night flight. An hour or so before landing, I was informing the passengers who had requested wheelchair assistance about the procedure after landing. I spoke to all of them, except one elderly lady who was fast asleep with her head leaning against the seat back in front of her. I decided to let her sleep, and I would tell her later. But as you may know, the workload sometimes increases toward the end of landing. I didn't have time to get back to her. Yeah, it really does get busy before landing. So after landing, we helped all the passengers who needed wheelchair assistance to the exit and handed them over to ground staff who shuttled them by wheelchair to the mini carts at the top of the jet bridge. One of the last to arrive at the exit door with one of my fellow flight attendants was the lady that had been sleeping earlier. But instead of walking the last few meters to the door, she threw herself in a business class seat and began calling for Jesus' help. Jesus save me. Jesus come and get me. Jesus help me. She was raising her hands in the air like in a Baptist church. Jesus help me. Jesus save me. And we couldn't get through to her and she wouldn't move from her seat. She was clearly not aware of where she was and where she was going. She was rather heavy set, so it was no use trying to lift her. Well, this went on for a few minutes, and everything we said to calm her went in one ear and out the other. We felt sorry for her, and at the same time, we're a little angry with our children for letting their poor mom travel all by herself. But you know how tired you can get after an all-night flight, and all you want is a smooth disembarkment, go home, and hit the bed. Well, then one of the pilots, who was clearly fed up with the delay, said, Ma'am, Jesus is waiting for you around the corner. Well, we all fell silent out of shame and embarrassment, but amazingly, she got up slowly and started to wobble towards the door. Apparently, she wasn't surprised not to see Jesus, a man with a beard around the corner, but a lovely blonde woman instead, and got into the wheelchair as if nothing had happened. Thank Jesus. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. So uh, next time you're on the airplane and you have some bad gas, just ask the flight attendant for a uh, spare pillow pack full of coffee and uh, sit on it. (laughs) I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? Seat belts are fastened for takeoff, and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird. That's cool.